Ringer FC is your podcast home for all things soccer on The Ringer. Join us on Monday and Thursday for Stadio, hosted by Ryan Hunt and Musa Akwanga, as they cover the major European football leagues and a lot more. On Wednesday, Arsenal legend and former England international Ian Wright hosts Wrighty's House, discussing the latest in European football with a rotation of special guests. Check out Ringer FC on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dude, Schefter just tweeted, oh boy, Mina Kimes is not going to be happy today. Does that mean Russell Wilson is getting fucking traded or what? Wait, Schefter, oh boy, Mina Kimes is not going to be happy today. Oh, it's April Fool's. Yeah, it's definitely April Fool's. (laughs) Fuck it, Adam. Welcome to the Ringer NFL show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by my co-host, Danny Kelly. You may know us from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, which we publish every Wednesday on that feed. But now we're also coming to you every Friday until the draft is here on the Ringer NFL show. It's actually going to be every Friday and Monday now until the draft. Yeah. Here on Fridays, we will be ranking something related to the draft each week. And this week, (laughs) we're just going to... What the hell is happening in the top five? (laughs) I think we're, we're going to rank like scenarios that are going to maybe happen. Yeah. Yeah. Scenarios. So we're just going to go through because obviously the Niners traded last week mm-hmm. a series of deals. Basically, Niners moved up to three. Dolphins go down to six. Eagles go down to 12. A bunch of picks changed hands. The new top five is Jaguars, Jets, 49ers, Falcons, Bengals. We're going to mm-hmm. go through the top five and figure out what the hell is going to go on because three quarterbacks have gone one, two, three off the board twice, I think, in NFL history. Yeah, I believe that's correct. There's just never been four quarterbacks taken one, two, three, four. Could it's happen. In the, it's in the realm of possibility that one, two, three, four, five are all quarterbacks. <laughs> so this is all insane. Yeah. It also could be one, two, three. We don't know what's going to go down. So we're just going to go through and just go pick by pick here and just figure out what the what is happening. Yeah. You ready, DK? Yeah, let's do this. Number one, Jaguars up on the clock. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and... Anything with your bullshit detector go off here? Yeah, not really. I I feel like it's pretty locked in. There has not been any sort of official report. Maybe the NFL has told the Jags just to not like actually say anything because they want to keep suspense and make it interesting. But I haven't seen anything that would indicate it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. Have you seen any report that are that is even sort of like, you know, drawing into or, or calling into question the fact that this could not be Lawrence? 
Not a single thing. I don't think the NFL would tell a team what to do, but I, I mean, Urban Meyer literally told Peter King at NBC this week, quote, like Peter King asked him, are you taking Trevor Lawrence? Why are we pretending? And Urban Meyer said, I'd have to say that's the direction we're going. I'll leave that up to the owner when we make that decision official, but I'm certainly not stepping out of line. That's certainly the direction we're headed. End quote. So that's about as, as direct as you're going to get a coach pre-draft. <laughs> yeah, this right. is a lock. We can move and on. And then when, right. when we get on, when we get on, when the draft starts, they're going to sit on the clock for 15 minutes and, w- and make us People all wait. complain about that. You've waited <laughs> four it. months. Pisses People are like, off. oh my God, we have to wait 10 minutes for that. Wait for the phone calls. Like, you've waited four months to make the pick. Wait 10 minutes to see if someone calls you and is like, we'll give you every pick we have till 2047 or something. Even though they're not allowed to do that. Still, it's, I hate, everyone's like, oh, just do it. Oh, man. It Please, your time off. isn't that valuable. Okay. <laughs> just being honest. All right. Number yeah. two, the New York Jets. The conventional wisdom is they're taking Zach Wilson. Right. Does your bullshit detector kind of go off here at all in any way? No, not not really. Very, very lightly. Maybe like, you know, just sort of in the back of my head. I'm like curious. a beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Wait, is that, like can I'm, we get like a bullshit detector? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> like a little like light one, like when you're looking for the sand and like you're kind of looking for gold or something. Yeah, yeah. Like very slow beeps. Beep, beep. I think... Everything like, is oh, no pointing. country for old men with the, the beep. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing here. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, everything sort of points to this being being the case. It's going to be Zach Wilson. It's going to be Zach Wilson. It's going to be Zach Wilson. It has been for a couple of weeks now. Um, but at the same time, there has not been it like the Lawrence thing. There has not been any definitive report from any one that I've seen that's saying this is going to be Wilson. I think there has been. So, for instance, like Dane Brugler texted out the other day that a scout texted him, draft starts at three, Wilson going two. But that's just, and and Dane even said this on his podcast, that's just one scout's opinion. That's not like the NFL officially deciding. And I saw this. It's not like a Jets scout said that about the Jets. A different scout gave his opinion on what the Jets would do. So Peter King in his in his column this week, and Peter's obviously very connected to, you know, NFL front offices. He said. So he said, basically, first of all, he thinks it's going to be he thinks it's going to be Zach Wilson. However, he says, end quote, I believe there could be one team left that is interested in moving up even at a ridiculous cost. That's Carolina picking eighth in the first round. And this is end quote. And, and, and this is also something that we've heard. They've been very aggressive. They were in the they were in the Matt Stafford sweepstakes for a while there. They were interested in Deshaun Watson. And they have all reports have said they were going to be very, very aggressive. They've got this hedge fund guy, David Tepper, is their is their owner now. Like he's, I think, willing to like sell out and go all in um, to get a quarterback. So I'm not 100 percent dismissing the idea that the Jets could stick with Sam Darnold. I don't think it's in their best interest necessarily to do this, but um, I think there's a small chance, maybe like two percent chance that they'll trade out. And King said. Disregard what you hear about other staffs or people around the league knowing what the Jets are going to do. The decision maker on the Jets is GM Joe Douglas, and I hear he's not parceling out any clues about his preference for the second pick to coaches on his staff or others. Someone close to Douglas over the weekend said that Douglas has learned to keep his draft preferences to himself. So I think he's like, so this this very reminiscent of sort of like the the Mayfield situation a couple of years ago where everyone up until... I think it was literally like two days or a day before. Literally, the draft. it was the week of. Yeah, yeah. Thought that twenty eighteen oh yeah, NFL lock, lock draft. it in. It's Sam Darnold. Lock it in. We spent like a month talking about Sam Darnold or and Josh then like Allen. A, yeah, like a week Everyone before. Was split. 
a, Josh a report Allen came out that Josh Allen might be the pick. No one was really talking about Mayfield. I feel like, based on my memory, obviously it's a little foggy, but it felt like till like two days before the draft, it was like, oh, it might be Mayfield. No, even a week before the draft, I'm so glad you brought this up. Even a week before the draft, Peter King wrote, half, quoting Peter King from three years ago, half the free world has Josh Allen to the Browns. And then everyone else had <laughs> Sam Donald to the Browns. So here's yeah. the thing to remember. Everyone was in on Donald to Allen, Donald or Allen to the Browns in 2018. The person making that pick was the Browns GM, John Dorsey. And mm -hmm. famously, he was like not telling anyone. He didn't even tell anyone in his own organization who he's going to yeah. pick the people he worked for. I don't even know if he told his wife until like a couple <laughs> days before. And then it right. leaked. Like, do you remember that episode of Game of Thrones where Tyrion Lannister knows that someone working from as a mole to Cersei? But <laughs> yeah, he doesn't so. know who. So he tells he tells three people three different things. And then whoever like gets the info to Cersei, he knows is the mole and he sends that yeah. dude to the wall or whatever as exile. <laughs> like, like you don't know who they're doing. Cause the person who like the people who work for the jets GM making the pick may not know. So the idea that we've all just accepted that Zach Wilson's going to be the pick is, I don't want to say ridiculous. It's just, it's the prevailing wisdom that has become like a certainty. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of like everyone's saying the, the same idea to each other, but no one's reporting it. It's like, yeah. it's just the same yeah. ideas are going around on Twitter. Everyone's seeing it, but there's no actual source. This is, so this reminds me of uh, like, so for instance, when you're a detective working on a case, if you, if you start to work off an assumption and then build your case off of an assumption, it can completely derail the entire case. And so <laughs> that's exactly I, it. So we're working under the assumption that Zach Wilson is number two. I'm, I mean, I think he's number two. I'm pretty sure. Like, I would say 95% sure that it's Zach Wilson. That's what everything is pointing to. Haven't seen anything indicating it's not going to be. Um, and, it, and it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, he looked awesome at his pro day. You know what I mean? So there's not a lot pointing to the idea that he's not going to be the number two pick. However, we've done this before. We've gone down this road before. That's the thing. Weird stuff happens. And I think <laughs> what we're doing is we're we're... Everybody's saying the draft starts at number three. Well, I think what we're doing is in our investigation, we're basing everything on an assumption. So that's <laughs> yeah, why we're talking. Ridiculous. That's why we're talking about this right now is because maybe, you know, maybe there's a small chance that the Jets trade out. I mean, Peter King wrote about this week. Maybe they'll trade out if they get like this amazing offer from the from the Panthers, um, you know, because they could still trade back to eight and maybe even get a quarterback, too. So. You know what I mean? It, it, I think that maybe we're just a little too quick to accept that this is this is already like in the works. It's going to happen. One of the things in favor of the Jets taking Zach Wilson that's like actual reporting is Ian Rappaport for NFL Network tweeted that the Eagles were looking into moving up to number three, but only for Zach Wilson. And then they kind of read the tea leaves that the Jets would take him. And then the Ian Rappaport immediately clarified that tweet. I don't, I don't know if he deleted it or not, but he immediately yeah. clarified. It was like, that wasn't totally correct. That's what we're going off of, a tweet that was clarified? People like, think just, maybe he was like, he got an earful from whoever was feeding him that info. He's yeah. Like, buddy, buddy, <laughs> you misrepresented what I was Blow saying. Now you're spot. like making it look like the Jets are for sure picking Wilson or so, whatever. So I don't know. To be fair, you ever see Letterkenny? To be fair. But like sometimes the narrative is correct the entire time like the, right, the next sure. year in 2019 when the cardinals everyone thought they were going to take kyler murray because cliff kingsbury said like josh rosen is our quarterback for now they did take <laughs> kyler murray and that was just the right correct assumption yeah. for like three full months sometimes it happens and it totally could be zach wilson but like i don't know it's it, as you said it's weird that we're just all assuming it's correct okay 
However, at the end of the day, that? we're going to all. He's probably. We're, we're all going <laughs> to assume that this is correct. I think at the end of the yeah, day, we all Zach agree that it's going to be Zach Wilson. So really, it starts at the 49ers. Think. All right, let's go to number three. I'm glad that we just did the same thing that we were making fun of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So number three, 49ers. The actual trade, what they did was they traded uh, two future firsts mm-hmm. t- to s- and a third to swap the 12th and third picks. That's basically what they did. Yeah. I guess we had someone Mac actually Jones. ask about this on Twitter the other day, like the semantics of it. Technically, they traded three firsts, but he's correct in saying it's really you trade two firsts to move up in swap picks. It's Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you keep hearing, and we actually, I think, said it a couple of times, like you hear that the 49ers traded three firsts, but in reality, it's more like two futures and, and a third. So yeah, just, two just to get into the semantics to, of it. Yeah. It's two future picks and a third to take Mac Jones this year. Mm-hmm. So anyway. The betting favorite for this pick is Alabama's Mac Jones. Does your bullshit detector go off here? Yeah, this is where I start to really question things. It's like, you know, you're getting close. What kind of beep? Is it like you found the Titanic (laughs) on your beach? Like, what kind of beep is this? Yeah, shit starts going. You ever seen Pacific Rim? There's Pacific Rim 2 or whatever starts with like his granddad on the beach and he's like has the metal detector and they find like one of those Jaegers or whatever that's called the giant fighting robots. That's like the beep I have with Mac Jones going third. I'm picturing uh, Chernobyl, the Geiger counter (laughs) when they go out on the roof. You know what I'm talking about? Just like just crazy. I don't know. This this is such a difficult one for me because um, on one hand, I feel like everything is pointing to Mac Jones and it almost makes it like obvious. Like, yeah, they want Mac Jones. This is obvious. You know, there's reasons that you can talk yourself into it. It makes a lot of sense. Like the Shanahan connection with Kirk Cousins, Schaub, um, Matt Ryan, you can make those connections. You can connect those dots. So on one hand, I'm like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. But on the other hand, I'm like, this is way too obvious. Like they're making this way too obvious. They are. It's like, why why would they be going around telling everybody who they're going to pick? You know what I mean? Especially, by the way, since we just talked about this, there's no real official report that the Jets are taking. Wilson. It's all dot connecting on Twitter that people seem to read yeah. each other and then people tweet things. And it's like, is there actual information here or are people just all following the same people on Twitter? Uh, yeah, that's my question. So I'm going to I'm going to break down a few of these reports. And these are the big, I think, like very official from from very well plugged in reporters and analysts. I'll just go through a few of them. First of all, Chris Sims, who, like we mentioned before on the on the fantasy show, has a tattoo. Him and Kyle Shanahan have tattoos of each other's initials. So that they were like teammates at Texas. You can't dwell over that. We have to linger. They go here way for back. They go way back because okay, they yeah. went to school together in Break Texas at an O two. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I respect it. Friendship is valuable and beautiful. <laughs> but so yeah, so. <laughs> Chris Sims is like, this trade is for Mac Jones. He tweets that. And mm-hmm. then people are like, yeah. Then some people are like, well, he has a tattoo of Kyle Shannon's initials on him. So he probably knows what's up. And then Kyle Shannon says at his press conference, Chris Sims doesn't know. I haven't spoke to Chris Sims in two years. And then apparently that he went on his podcast like months ago. Like a few anyway, months ago. <laughs> here's the point. It's just lying. Everyone can be telling the truth in this scenario. Kyle Shannon is not, in my opinion, probably not lying that he did not tell Chris Sims. But when you're right. close enough with a friend, you don't need them to tell you what they're going to do to to like know what they're going to do. Like when you're at the restaurant with a friend back when restaurants were a thing, you know what your friends are going to order. Like they're predictable. You know what they're going to do. Like if you have a t- if you're friends with someone enough to have a tattoo of them, Chris Sims probably knows what Kyle Shanahan wants in a quarterback. I guess. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I so that so that was the first one. Chris Sims obviously was like he started an avalanche of reports connecting the the 49ers to this pick being Mac Jones. Adam Schefter on his podcast recently, he said, if the pick were made today, I wouldn't be shocked if it were Mac Jones. So first of all, he's hedging very hard there. You know what I mean? And like in that language, if it is the a pick shock. Made today, I, mean, yeah, I wouldn't hedge. be shocked shock. if it was if it were Mac Jones. He goes in talking to another GM this week, NFC GM this week. The media does not have a high grade on Mac Jones, does not have as high of a grade on Mac Jones as teams do. So in other words, we're all making fun of Mac Jones, but NFL teams love this guy. And, and for the record, I like Mac Jones. I think he has a lot of interesting tools, accuracy, decision making, processing among the most like important things a quarterback can have. And he has all those things. So. The idea that he's this like terrible, like joke of a quarterback is, is not true in my mind. However, you know, I love back. I love Justin Fields and I think Justin Fields is a far better prospect. So regardless, um, what and, and Schefter goes on, he says, Mac Jones has elite arm accuracy. He's an elite processor. He's an elite leader. Daniel Jeremiah on the Athletics NFL show um, said of the people you want to believe and put your faith in the overwhelming majority of the of them believe that this is going to be Mac Jones with that pick. Peter King on May 29th. It seems stunning to think Alabama's Mac Jones could be the Niners' choice and could be his operative phase phrase because the Niners have not decided who to choose at three. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. They haven't decided who they're going to pick. Um, maybe that's why there's just so many reports that it's Mac Jones is because he's still in the running. And obviously, people made a big deal about the fact that Kyle Shanahan went to Mac Jones's pro day on the same day that Justin Fields is having his pro day. So he essentially chose Mac Jones pro day over Justin Fields pro day. However, that's like people are pointing to that. But there was also a report that came out that uh, that Shanahan talked to Justin Fields, agent and said that they'll set up like a separate day to throw like a separate pro day. So it's pretty much moot (laughs) that I mean, they're both going to get pro days. So I think you said uh, Mac Jones seems to be Occam's razor here, right? Yeah. You know what I actually think is Occam's razor? What you just said, that they don't know. They're like, we like a quarterback. We want a quarterback. We'll figure it out when we get there. I actually think that's totally possible that they are really? 100% because sure. I guess that's, I mean, I, I suppose it's, I don't think it's the most likely situation, honestly. I, I disagree on that because I think you don't trade that much capital. Like, basically, they're mortgaging the future on this pick. Unless you, but what if I, they I feel, like both? What if they're like we like both guys enough that we we want the pick, and there's two two guys that are so good that we need one of them, and so they go up, and they're like, yeah, sure, we don't know. I don't like, know. Like, I, guess I don't that, know. Maybe, like maybe it, they maybe does that happen? Like you're an opinionated guy. Are you ever just like, yeah, opinionated guy? I'll take either. We'll mortgage our future on eh, either. No, <laughs> like, it's not either. It's just, it's just sounds... like, oh, I like both. I want one of the well, because. I think it's, it's kind of like fantasy, right? There's tiers and you have the top tier. Maybe there's four guys in this tier. It's like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones and person X fields or Trey Lance or someone. Yeah. And they don't know. You, don't you always talk yourself out of big decisions once it seems obvious? Or little decisions. I don't know. It's just human nature. You know, <sighs> I don't you know. waffle. I, this but, is I think so. Like the, the bottom line and the crux of this whole conversation is there's so many variables and there's so many plausible I guess, scenarios going on right now that it's a either it's really obviously Mac Jones, duh, or B, this is obviously a smokescreen. <laughs> I think it just depends on what you like, how how much you like Mac Jones and how much you um, how big of a difference you see between the two quarterbacks. But here's the thing. You're the you're the prospect expert. You're the person evaluating hundreds of prospects here for us at the ringer. Mm-hmm. 
how has Mac Jones leapt over Justin Fields? Uh, I think it's well, I think there's this perception and I don't necessarily buy into this, but I think there's a perception that he's not as quick of a processor in the pocket. And so basically what I've heard, you know, from people talking on Twitter and, and I guess like sharing the concerns of some NFL teams is that he sit, he does sit back there and wait in the pocket for his receivers to come over, come open. However, and, and Nate Tice pointed this out, the first guy, so I'll point this out, but I think it's a very important point is in that offense, in the Ohio State offense, they'd run a lot of these vertical option routes where you're waiting for your guy to basically go downfield. He has to get to his landmark and then make an option and, and either go left or right or whatever. This is just a hypothetical. Um, so he's sitting back there patiently waiting for what he's told to do, what he's coached to do, is wait for these option yeah. routes to develop. Now, this is not always. This is not like happening on every snap. So maybe there is some validity to the idea that he like locks on to a target here and there. And, and maybe he has to like clean that up and speed that up a little bit. But I think overall, this narrative that he's a slow processor is incorrect. I don't think that's the case. Um, but maybe that's what teams are afraid of. Um, whereas with Mac Jones, and, and the other thing that's so interesting is Mac Jones and Fields are like polar opposites when it comes to quarterbacking in, in terms of like their skill sets. Mac Jones is a pocket quarterback. You know, he he's not he's not super athletic. What he does well is move well in the pocket. Um, strafing sliding to avoid pressure still getting the throw off he's like very decisive very good accuracy um i think justin fields does all that stuff too but he also has four four speed or four five speed or whatever at 240 pounds so like he can do all this stuff in the run game that a lot of you know more i guess like you want to quote like more modern nfl teams are doing like what they're adopting these days is is incorporating the quarterback into the run game. And it's like so hard to stop from, from a defensive point of view. So I think it just depends on what you want. I don't know, like what the 49ers want. Maybe they just want a guy like Mac Jones, who's just going to pull the trigger, get the ball out, you know, distribute it to the playmakers. Um, and I wouldn't really blame him for that. But I think when you talk about what Justin Fields could do in that offense, it's like scintillating. It's like, man, he could do like a, take a bootleg and go 80 yards. It's like, um, I don't know. So it's like the RG three days. So, yeah, I think it just kind of depends on on what you think the 49ers want, what you think Shanahan wants, um, or maybe like project what you think they should do. <laughs> it's just a very difficult situation to to parse. The part of this that confuses me is twofold. One, it's that Justin Fields, I think I believe is number one in yards before uh sorry, yards before the catch, as in he's throwing deeper downfield for his completions which right. could be spun as slow processing or being aggressive, which is what teams want. It's easier to take an aggressive passer and make them less aggressive than to take a guy who isn't aggressive and make him aggressive. Well, it's, like, it's, the, the same it's, way. it's similar to the question of like time to throw is a throw is a, is a stat that a lot of people throw out like, oh, his time to throw was really quick. He was getting the ball out, snapping the ball out like Russell Wilson, for instance, has terrible time to throw throughout his whole career because he's yeah. willing to sit back there and improvise. But also because he runs a lot of these really deep drop play action bootlegs where he's like, you know, pretending to hand off, like taking this big looping, you know, play action bootleg fake. And so that time to throw is obviously a lot different than a guy who just gets in a shotgun and hits an RPO and it's like the play is over kind of deal. So it's it's stylistic. There's stylistic differences for sure. Well, here's the thing. I think that the challenge of this evaluation is that it seems that the reasons that Justin Fields is falling, which seems to be about processing, and now there's also, you know, I don't even know if I want to call them reports, but there is things circulating that Justin Fields is yeah. like last guy in the room 
first guy out, which is, you know, not what you want your quarterback to do. Now, we can't prove those things wrong. Like we can't we don't get Justin Fields doing stuff for us on a whiteboard. But the problem is that those criticisms perfectly overlap with the criticism or the prejudices against black quarterbacks in the history of the sport. And it's hard when the history of black quarterbacks at the sport is now overlapping with a black quarterback who is falling from a perspective where outsiders assumed he was the second guy to Lawrence. And really he's been him and Trevor Lawrence have been like this one, two since they were in like high a top school. tier, like one like, a and one B. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence was like a 0.999 prospect in, in high school. And Tr- Justin Fields is like 0.998. They're from like, an hour apart in Georgia in the same spot. And for their whole college careers, it's been like they're one, two, one, two. Now we're a month out from the draft and fields is plummeting outside the top three, maybe outside the top five. It, it you know, it's, it's just weird. And, and race is kind of the thing hanging over this whole thing. But at the same time, the other, the flip side is that we don't know the things that these teams are looking at. You mentioned Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, guys that outside draft observers have missed on. And the flip side mm-hmm. of that is, the reasons those guys have succeeded seemingly are, well, all the things you don't see, like Josh Allen's attitude is apparently great or whatever. And it's, it, it, it's, it's a very hard thing to pinpoint from the outside. But the fact that he's yeah. falling is really complicated, to be honest. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the, with those reports, I think it, it what we do know, and it, there's like no ambigu- am, ambiguity here is like, number one, if we if you watch the game against Clemson, he he basically got wrecked. He broke couple ribs came back in and still threw four touchdowns toughness yeah want what to, is that about grit <laughs> toughness want to grit like passion all that stuff i mean the whole country saw it i don't get it that number one yeah okay like that's like stage. easily easily bunk that theory number two he went out on a limb and he was the leader for ohio state in in the big uh the big ten in general in terms of like trying to get football going during covid he was the face yeah. of that whole thing <laughs> He he was the leader of that whole thing. And I and all I've heard over the last like five or six months is what a great, tremendous leader he is. And so this shit coming out now, it honestly pisses me off. Um, And again, like, I don't know. I I really don't know. Like, I'm not I I don't know his coaches. I don't know. I wasn't in there at practices, but it sounds like such bullshit to me. And it like made me mad. So. I like that's the first we're hearing about it. I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. I think what it is is probably some coaches putting that out there because they want him to fall. That's really what it is. And so, um, I, I yeah, to me, that's I, I it just I'm getting fired up. I, I thought that was just so like that's just I don't think that's even should be in the conversation right now. So, like, obviously, we, we just brought it up, but I'm just I just want to throw that out. I was like, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we lingered. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, what next? So I think having said that, it still seems Mac Jones is the pick at three, despite all. Of yeah. That. Yeah. It's what I mean. I, again, that's Even like you where have all fields the reports, ranked higher. I have fields ranked higher. I understand that teams maybe have different priorities, though, and I could see them yeah. wanting a, a very quick processor like Mac Jones. I'm not going to necessarily, um, y- you know, I'm not going to say Mac Jones sucks because I don't think he sucks. I think it is a stylistic and. Um, Maybe like just different priorities for what a, for what an NFL team wants, and and um, honestly, like we talked about this on the fantasy show. If Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, I think he's going to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think he's <laughs> going to succeed thing. in that offense. And so, I think it's just this is such a fascinating like turning point in the draft right here. Like, what happens here is so massive, and and I really have uh, I don't have a good like grip on like what's going to happen here. 
So, yeah, so let's look at the Falcons. So we, we've got Trevor Lawrence probably going first. Zach Wilson probably going second. Mac Jones probably going third of the Niners. The Falcons are the pivot point, too, because everyone's, like, excited about the Niners. The Falcons are just as much of a wild card, but no one cares because the Falcons are, like, the least interesting team in the entire NFL, and no one really cares about them. But this is sneakily, like, an interesting spot where they could go quarterback successor to Matt Ryan. They could go position player. What is your bullshit detector on them taking a quarterback at the spot to sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two? Mm. I don't know. It's so tough because, obviously, they just re restructured Matt Ryan's contract. Um, to basically that I think the purpose was to lower his cap hit in 2021. That was the main purpose, but it also ties him to the team for two years, maybe three. And it's not like they couldn't get rid of his contract. They would have to eat a big cap hit to do it. So this doesn't necessarily eliminate them from a quarterback here. And, and actually Peter King wrote in his column, I keep hearing Atlanta's leaning quarterback um, with the logic having Lance sit behind Trey Lance sit behind Matt Ryan for two years, then playing sitting behind Matt Ryan for two years. Like that just seems crazy to pick a number four there. Um, maybe like if you're picking 28th and you have a guy a chance to like sit for two years or whatever. So I think I lean, I lean that the Falcons are not going to take a quarterback. I think they're going to take like Kyle Pitts. I think they're going to take one of these I mean, elite pass catchers. I disagree. I think it makes a lot of sense when you're actually in the room and you're trying to think about to having a quarterback sit when you what is the history of recent quarterback sitting right it's like Aaron Rodgers sat for a year and then that worked out Patrick Mahomes sat for a year that worked out I'm not saying the Trey Lance is those dudes but it's like it's certainly a lot easier to talk yourself into it when that's the history you've got like a, there's something yeah. to be said for stability at the position and in your at least medium term planning the flip side is when are you going to be able to get a quarterback if not right now the Falcons are at four and it's like get it when you need it like in fantasy drafts, we talk about this all the time. If you have the first pick or the 10th pick, it's like take the position you need because you're picking getting 20 picks. You won't be there for a long time. When is the next so time the Falcons I guess, are going to have a top four pick organically? Let me, let me, yeah, and I get that. that. I mean, that makes sense logically. But let me throw this back at you. New new regime, new coach. You think they want to sit there, take a quarterback and be like, oh yeah, we'll have this guy playing two years. We don't even know if we're going to be here in two years. If this all goes south, we might not be here. We get, could get fired. I think I think it's the exact opposite because new regime drafts a quarterback. You can't fire them till they get rid of Matt Ryan. This is the opposite. They didn't draft Matt Ryan. They have no loyalty to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's 35. They're tying by not drafting a quarterback. They're buying into Matt Ryan by drafting a quarterback. They're saying we'll let him sit for a year. If Matt Ryan does well, maybe two years. If Matt Ryan does poorly, then the clock starts ticking when they bench or get rid of Matt Ryan. And then the new guy, that means you're guaranteed three years of job security because then Trey Lance has to suck three years into his career. The clock starts ticking the moment you make that pick, in my opinion. And that's the first yeah, but pick then you want to make. And then you, <laughs> I don't know. This is, I don't think I mean, a GM who I, drafts I Trey Lance side. would get fired after he's bad in, as a rookie. I see your side of the argument, but I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. Like if I'm them, I want to at least get better in year one and show that we can put together a winner, have people start buying in, Establish the fact that we're doing something like we're building something good here. Cause I feel like if they, if they pick at number four, they pick a quarterback, you're not going to have, he's not going to have any effect on the team for one year, maybe two years. That's a long ass time in the NFL and like things can go south. So that's, that's just my point of view. So can I, Matt, I Ryan, Matt get, Ryan can go south. That's why you want a quarterback. He's 35. Yes, but he's, he's been like one of the more consistent guys in the last couple of years. No, I don't know. We've talked about this. Name me, tell me one thing about Matt Ryan. He's boring. <laughs> he's the least yeah, interesting player in the world. 
He offers a very attractive floor, is what I'm saying. Anyway, here's my pitch on a quarterback. The Falcons are boring. Atlanta sports is just generally uninspiring. It's unbelievable. It's a vibrant city (laughs) that has the Hawks and the Falcons, who are just irrelevant birds. And Justin Fields is from Marietta, Georgia, which is like a half hour from like downtown Atlanta. UGA has already given, they've already, the state of Georgia has already given up on Justin Fields once because they let him transfer away for Jake Fromm. <laughs> I feel like the Falcons are right. also passing on Justin Fields. Like this, like, like it would be just too much. I kind of, I know this is not actually a real argument, but I feel like Georgia needs Justin Fields back. This is like a do over. It also would just do well there. Yeah. It'd be very the marketable. The state just needs Justin Fields right now. Um, I mean, hell, I would love it if he, honestly, I would love it if he landed in, I mean, after everything I just said, Justin Fields landing in Atlanta would be awesome for his career, I think, because, you know, you pair him with a, a very smart offensive coach. Arthur Smith, we saw what he did uh, for Ryan Tannehill in his career. He designed an offense that perfectly suited his skill set. And I think he could absolutely do that with either Trey Lance Justin Fields, if that's what it comes down to. Um, so I'm not like against them taking it. I just, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, my bullshit detector's going off a little bit with this um, because I think if you're a new, new coach, new regime, new GM, you don't want to put off being successful for two years, if that makes any sense. Okay. So the beep, 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 like the old, the no country for old men, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. getting speeding up. He's driving around in the parking lot. You know, yeah. like he backs up. You know, he backs up and he's he outside like the door. To... <laughs> yeah, he's outside the That's door. He's happening. about to break the door down. Okay. So, who are we giving them? Who are we giving them right now? For? I mean, I'm. I think Kyle Pitts. I think Pitts is okay. Big. Kyle Pitts, tight end. Yeah. All right. Tight. By the way, real quick, real quick on Kyle Pitts. Extraordinary pro day. He ran like a four four four. He has a longer wingspan. I think it was like eighty four plus inches than any tight end on like record. The guy is just built. <laughs> I compared him to Michael Phelps on whatever it was, like Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember what day it was. I've lost all track of time. Um, my first thought was like, his pro comp is now Michael Phelps. Because if you remember, Michael Phelps <laughs> was basically born. Hands. He was born to be a swimmer. He, he has huge hands. He has a long torso, flipper-like feet, like, <laughs> flipper-like, like double-jointed, double-jointed, essentially. So like his arms are like these perfectly, like genetically engineered to be a good swimmer. And I think that Kyle Pitts falls in the same areas. Like he's built to be a pass catcher, man. He's just, he was born to do this fast, really long wingspan, like great at the catch point. Anyways, I just love Kyle Pitts. So I just wanted to say that. It's Kyle Pitts, like the best tight end prospect. Cause it feels like all the great tight end prospects fail, but he, to be clear, he's just better than every other tight end prospect from the last 20 years. Yes. Yes. or no? I think that's yes. I think that, well, I don't know about 20 years, last 10 years, say he, he, he okay. is one of those guys who, um, I think he's going to get held back a little bit by the history of the position for sure. Like you, like you talked about a lot of these high, like Eric Ebron gets shit on all the time. Cause he was top 10 pick and he was fine. Like he was bad to find. <laughs> and I don't think Pitts is going to be like that. I think Pitts is, and people have been saying this, he's like the unicorn. He's just, there's no one really like him. You can't have, there's no good comps. That's why I went with Michael Phelps. If anything, Darren Waller is the comp. <laughs> Darren Waller came into the NFL as a receiver obviously had some personal issues that kind of kept him from doing anything for a couple of years and then emerged as this like game changing tight end type player. So anyways, I think, I think Pitts, Yeah. There's, there's some slight worry, I guess in the back of my mind, like it's like bugging me a little bit that like tight ends have, have not really lived up to the hype at, you know, early on early draft picks. 
um, have not lived up to hype, but I think he's different. I think really we can't we can't hold the past against him in this case. Wow, that's wow. Can't hold the past against him. I love that. Okay, so Pitts to the Falcons <laughs> at four. So it's Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars, Zach Wilson to the Jets, Mac Jones to the Niners, Kyle Pitts to the Falcons. Bengals are up at five. This is also weird. So they're not taking a quarterback. Mm. They just took Joe Burrow. I think the question is, are they going to take a tackle of their choosing to protect Burrow? So you take a pass catcher to help Burrow, or do they trade down? What do you think happens here? I'm starting to think they're going to take Jamar Chase. I'm starting to really think that's a real thing. I think that right there sitting at number five, reuniting him. Yeah, reuniting him with his college quarterback, the guy who threw him 20 touchdowns. Like He had this unbelievable, one of the all-time receiver seasons Jamar Chase did, and he was catching passes from Joe Burrow. So I think that the Sewell thing I get, like people are like, you have to protect Joe Burrow. Like that is priority number one. Getting a guy like Sewell, he's going to plug him into the offense right away. The only thing kind of thinking, like making me think that that might be not be the case is this is a pretty deep tackle class. Like there's a lot of good tackles in this class. Maybe not at the level of Sewell, clearly. Not maybe a blue, not, there aren't like a ton of blue chip tackles, but there are, in my mind, a lot of very good tackles in this class. And so maybe they see that and say, look, we can get, we can get Jamar Chase here at number five, and then we can take, uh, we can take a tackle in the second or third round, and he can be, you know, a solid guy that we can plug into our offensive line. So I, I don't know. I'm just starting to think it's Chase because imagine that offense with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Like this but I is. I can't a imagine the offense of Joe Burrow still running for his life, and that's the thing. So they have they signed Riley yeah. Rife to play right tackle, but he could theoretically move to guard. I don't know what I think here either. It's odd because again should protect Joe Burrow. The thing for me, I think that's evolving. My thinking is like, I think we traditionally think you want tackles high because they're hard to get. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. then you want receivers later because everyone misses on receivers anyway. And honestly, the second round receivers in recent years have been almost better outright than the first round receivers. Like Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams are second round receivers. And there's a lot of busts in the first round anyway. But with this draft, and that's always how this goes, right? Well, you're like, well, this draft's different. This but, time it's different. <laughs> but this time, but there is actually a lot of offensive linemen. You don't usually hear all these draft people be like, oh, no, there's plenty of tackles. Like, you never hear that. There's going to be like, oh, I don't know how many there are going to be in the first 100 picks. There's going to be like 10 or 15 tackles taken. So, I mean, it depends on how you view some of these guys. Some players, this, some of the tack, quote tackles are probably really guards, but very good offensive linemen that could play tackle. So is Panay Sewell actually the best of the best among the tackles, or is he just top of the top tier? Like, Trevor Lawrence is obviously yeah. his quarterback. Is Panay Sewell closer to, like, the Trevor Lawrence of the tackles, or not really? No, I think I think there's a few guys at the top of the tackle class that potentially could be called the best guy. Like, Rashawn Slater is right there with him, in my mind. Okay. He's very, very good. Um, some people definitely would disagree with me on that. Like, people would think I'm being crazy because... No, the thing about Sewell is he's like 20 years old. He's done everything that he's done in his college career, and he obviously he sat out this last year. But um, as a freshman and sophomore at Oregon, he was just dominant at like 18, 19 years old. So like the potential, his athleticism, his size, like basically how he's built, the way he plays, technical, like he has he has the whole package. But I don't know if he's I, I in my mind, he's not necessarily like this on his own tier kind of deal. I think there's I think him and Rashawn Slater are. Do you think old school football guys might hold it against Sewell that he set out this season or chase too? but especially Sewell because he's <laughs> an offensive lineman? Yeah, maybe. I don't I mean, I don't think it's fair, but 
No, I'm not. Get that's it, not my question. Get into <laughs> like the, the head old of, school football guys who want of, you to live, breathe, and eat football. Right. Will they hold right. it against someone who held out? Maybe. Maybe. It's it's in the realm of possibility for sure. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's rank the likelihood of all these like hypotheticals. So like, let's just go through, <laughs> yeah. take me through, rank them in order of like what you, th- how you think they will happen, not how you should happen. If NFL draft the ringer.com, if you want to see DK's big board and you can see how he ranks all these prospects, it's also awesome. NFL draft the ringer, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> but take me through these scenarios and for the quarterbacks in terms of most likely to least likely. So I think scenario one, and we'll call this the Occam's razor. It, it's this, the pick is Mac Jones, I guess. And I guess we can include Zach Wilson in this. Yeah. This, in the this thing scenario, everyone's saying think, is, is real. Yeah. This is the most likely scenario, at least how it feels right now. Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, and then Mac Jones three, which means really the draft starts at four and what the Falcons do. Um, and in this scenario, I think really what the big question is, is what happens with fields and Lance? Where do they go? Um, yeah. I think I guess the most likely scenario would be Fields to the Panthers, Trey Lance to the Broncos, but I don't have a strong like grasp on you know who they who those teams would like more. So it's really just Fields and Lance to Panthers and Broncos would be the most likely scenario. Like those. So basically, what I'm saying is Jags, Jets, 49ers, Panthers, Broncos get quarterbacks. Okay. And then Mac Jones, it's all real. So what? What's if, yeah? 
what if the Niners pivot point? What if it's not actually Mac Jones? Yeah. So scenario two, the Mac Jones thing is bullshit. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> so if this Mac the Jones B- thing, the is Pacific just Rim really on the, like, the Chernobyl scenario, the whole thing was bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If this Mac Jones thing is is like elaborate smokescreen, which I think it has a chance to be. Um, it feels right now like Trey Lance would be like their their number two option. That's what at least what you're hearing and what the reports are right now. Um, and in that case, it would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, one, two, three. And then that would leave Justin Fields and Mac Jones to the rest of the teams that potentially want a quarterback in, in this situation. Panthers and Broncos feel like the most likely ones. Does that mean the Broncos are happy to take Matt Jones at nine or do they trade up and get Justin Fields over the Panthers or maybe the Panthers like Mac Jones? And so anyways, this scenario is basically saying it's a little bit more chaotic than everyone's making it out to be. Trey Lance number three. And then you got Fields and Jones left out there for teams to like squabble over. And so um, I think there's this one feels like it, it It wouldn't be surprising to me at all if this is like what kind of how things go down. And, and then basically you have a scramble for Jones and, 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 and Fields after the first three. Matt Jones in Denver just that seems like how it should be. <laughs> Well, that seems like how this should go. Elway is apparently not running shit anymore, but I think I he's still probably he like steering the ship a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a tall, <laughs> he's a tall, immobile quarterback like he, like the Broncos have seemed to like over the last few years. Brock Osweiler, uh, generic looking white dude. Yeah, just yeah. like yeah. Okay, but um, but, but yeah, let's get a little more interesting here. Give me some dark horse scenarios. Spice things up. The things were like, so, oh my god, we can't believe that happened. Well, first of all, before we get to the dark horse, there's a, there is one scenario where the Mac Jones thing is bullshit, and it's Justin Fields as the pick, and then you just flip it off. It's Trey. You flip it Which over. It's Trey Lance for the record. Justin yeah. Fields on the Niners is like what everyone wants to see, probably, and I feel like is the most exciting version of the NFL for 2021. Is Fields yeah. on the Niners? That would be fun as hell, in my opinion. Um. So that's the other scenario. So going to the more dark horse, let's talk about some of these things that are probably not more. They're very unlikely to happen, I think. But I don't think we can dismiss them. I don't think we should just like poo poo the idea that this could happen. Dark horse scenario one. This is Baker 2.0. The Jets don't actually take Zach Wilson and chaos. Yes. Yes. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, I love it. So, for instance, say either the Panthers or the Broncos call up New York and are like, hey, we will give you anything you want for this pick. And they get like four first rounders or something oh, ridiculous. The, oh, the Jets trade the pick. I thought you were going to say yeah. like they t- draft a different quarterback. Either way. Actually, that's a, that's a good point. Maybe the Jets don't take Wilson and they just take a different quarterback and then and then we all, our minds all explode. Or it would be hilarious two, if they, after all this, Lawrence and Fields just go one, two. Right. It would be funny. I mean, it, it's like... And it's not even that like weird to think about. Like it, it's not something that's completely you know fabricated or made up. I, I do think like everything is pointing to to Wilson being this pick, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that maybe they're just like you know playing the cards really close to their vest. So in this scenario, either a they trade the pick and pick up like this king's ransom of first rounders, they could still potentially go back to number eight and still get a quarterback. Maybe they love Mac Jones too. You know, and they can get him at number eight, or maybe Trey Lance falls number eight. Like, th- there's Jones so many the currency of this draft. This is, so this, like, I, I know chess is like a big subject among a lot of people because of the Queen's Gambit and stuff. But um, 
in a chess, the chess analogy here is like every move, every pick that happens, there's like a thousand million scenarios that could happen. So basically, oh, like yeah. you can't predict a you can't predict a chess game because there's like fifty quadrillion like potential possibilities based on like how every piece moves, and that's like how this draft is. Um, that's why everyone sucks so much at mock drafts because it's freaking impossible to predict any of this shit. But if the Jets don't take uh, Zach Wilson, number one, where does Zach Wilson go? Like, do you, have you even thought about that? Like, the 49ers love Zach Wilson? Maybe I think the Niners take would take him. Yeah. <laughs> if the Niners would take him, he's there. If the Niners took Mac Jones over Zach Wilson, that would be hilarious, too. Like, they actually think Mac Jones is better than Trevor Lawrence. Like, the Niners like, what if like Zach, number one guy on their board is, like, Mac what Jones. If, what if Zach Wilson just fell? Like, that would be the most bizarro world where all of a sudden, like... Would it be bizarro or would it be just what everyone thought would happen in, like, early January? Yeah, no, like going back to, I think, like November, maybe like people were talking about him as a fringe first rounder, Zach Wilson. So (laughs) maybe maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit earlier. You know, I don't know exactly when it started to it started to be that he was like, he's not falling past three. I know that I'm just saying there's there's a world and like maybe like the universe. There's one iteration of a thousand different scenarios where that happens. Strange. Yeah, the Doctor Strange. Right, exactly. So. So that is that is dark horse scenario one. And then I think like you could throw out dark horse scenario two would be a weird team that we're not really talking about trades up into the top like 10 somewhere, top eight. Like who? To take a quarterback. So like, for instance, the Brady replacement scenario. The Patriots have done a lot over this offseason to solidify basically every fucking position on their roster. I mean, they did sign Cam Newton, but maybe they see five million dollars. The money talks. Make more money than that. Yeah, the the money definitely talks when it comes to Newton. It's all incentive based um, or not all, but a a big chunk of it is incentive based. It's like a one year deal. And I think that tells you they're okay with him being the starter and hopefully he can be a good starter for them. But I don't think they're necessarily out on quarterback this year. So maybe they're this team. That goes up. For the record, the Browns pay Case Keenum six million dollars to back up Baker Mayfield. Cam's getting five million base. Yeah. So that I mean that tells you number one, like the market wasn't strong for Newton, and number two, they're not completely sold that he's their starter this year. I think at least a hundred percent. I think they'd be fine with him being the starter, but maybe they're a team that comes out of nowhere and trades up and gets a quarterback, or maybe I don't throw throw a, a couple other teams. You think that could be like the dark horse trade-up team that no one's really talking about. Maybe the Saints out of nowhere come up and, and, and decide that they want to get involved. Um, the Steelers. <laughs> the Saints, the Steelers no, you know, no, 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 you got to leave. I say, hey, stay there for a second. The Saints trading up after signing, re-signing Taysom Mill and James Winston. Do you remember that episode, It's Always Sunny, with the cats in a wall? And then I got a cat in my wall. How do you get them out? Put in a <laughs> second cat. Yeah. And then Frank comes up and is like, I got two cats stuck in this wall. What are we gonna do? We're like, I'm thinking a third cat. Like I was thinking a fourth. Like that's the Saints, but it's the quarterbacks. Oh like well, we got two quarterbacks. Let's just go get. Everyone wants Mac Jones. That's the answer. I'm thinking a fourth. So maybe Gotta yeah. Okay. So the Saints. I don't know how the Saints would do it, but you know, anything is possible. It out. I don't know. Uh, the Steelers, the post Ben Roethlisberger era is bleak looking at quarterback at least for them. Um, so that's it an option. Looking. The Bears. They're not that far back that they could make a move up into the top eight still, even though they signed Dalton. We'll buy that front in. office more time. Yeah. So they're another team. And then, like, we haven't really mentioned this, but I do think there is a chance the Dolphins 
or the Lions do end up taking a quarterback. I think it's I don't think it's like the favorite. It's certainly not the favorite or like the most likely scenario, but the Dolphins trade back up to six. Everyone is assuming that this means they're going for one of Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, uh, Waddle or Smith. And that makes the most sense. That's the logical thing. However, maybe they just think we can still get a quarterback at this spot. You know, who knows? Um, so I think those those are the other dark horse options. I think that we need to like at least entertain the idea that this is possible. You want a dark horse? You want w- one more dark horse trade for you? Yeah. Raiders sitting there at 17. Derek Carter, the Broncos for ninth pick. There you go. Another one that I think I'm not ruling out anything in this draft. I think this is going to be a, wa- a wacky draft because number one, you know, with so much with with the combine being canceled, pro days being all over the place. Um, the cap is weird. Like there's so many variables this year because of COVID that make it a weird season. Number one, there's going to be a lot of picks that people are like, what? He he was been he was being talked about as like a third rounder and he's like a top 15 pick or something like that. You know what I mean? There's going to be a, you mean Justin a pick Fields? <laughs> right. There, there's going to be weird picks, I think, in the first round that people are not expecting. And every it, it's going to go completely against consensus consensus. But the team's whatever for whatever reason like love this guy and they picked him early or or way late or something like that and then number two i think there could be just wacky wild trades you know um and we already saw like we saw two trades happen a month and in a in a week before the draft like that's weird like why did they do this like so far ahead of the draft (laughs) what does that mean like are we gonna have a bunch of weird draft like weird trades right on the draft too um, anyways, I think this is just a fun season. This is our a fun draft season. It's a fun draft in general, just because there's so much uncertainty around everything. I have no, I have no clue like how any of this is going to go. It's going to be awesome. Well, on that note, do you have any like really weird like out there? Like like if you were just like if you were to rip a bong right now, what would you throw at me? <laughs> like just like get galaxy brain. Well, if we're really gonna, if we're really gonna get into it, like. Trevor Lawrence not being the first pick would throw everything like it would be like a nuclear explosion at the top of the draft and would throw everything off. And then you could have like other than Lawrence, other than Lawrence. Well, honestly, no, I don't know. There's like there's a million permutations here. Like, I think the weirdest things that could happen is the 49ers not picking a quarterback (laughs) like (laughs) trading up. Maybe they just take Kyle Pitts and just go ham. With the with uh with Kittle and Pitts and just like burn through the NFL, you know what I mean? Like that that would be wacky and wild and hilarious and fun. So the Patriots go two tight ends and they're like, "We'll show you." Do we know for sure that they're picking a quarterback? Has there been any reports like definitively saying this is for a quarterback? And I saw Bill Barnwell for a tweeted it yeah. the day Some of people's... the day of the trade. He was like, "If they just if they wanted to trade the future and go up and get Pitts and then just like." go like hard on the NFL with Kyle Pitts and Kittle. Like I would respect it. <laughs> Something like that. That's what Bill That's tweeted. hilarious. Um, that would be, I guess like, I don't know. I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think of other weird scenarios, but that would be a funny one. All right. So Kyle Pitts is going number three to the Niners. Glad we could settle that. There we go. That was easy. <laughs> Love it. <sighs> well, now that that's settled. All right. That's the episode. We will be coming to you guys on Fridays and Mondays until the draft. So that's going to be a lot of yeah. fun. Kevin and Noah will be coming on Wednesdays. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Isaiah, behind the glass. Thank you, Kyle Pitts, for being the third pick in the draft. Really, thank you for clearing that up. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Excited for Russell Wilson to get traded. Can't wait for that either. (laughs) Got me. Got me.